Hello and welcome to the WFNY Brownscast. I am your host, Joe Gerbs Gerberry, and I am back again for another week. Taylor is off in uh, Disneyland, Disney World. He's not in land. He's not L. I always designated it as L is land. L is on the left. And uh, I'm like, that's the only way my brain has ever figured out that Disneyland is in California and World is in Florida. But Taylor is in Disney World still. Uh, but I am joined. Uh, you don't get, you don't have to deal with me just for a whole hour again uh, <laughs> by myself. Thank the good Lord. I talked to myself enough. I don't need to talk to myself to you people. Um, but uh, Matt is here with me tonight for a, uh, a hybrid uh, recap preview podcast. Um, I hope the holidays were good for you, Matt. They were good for Cleveland. Um, how were your holidays? It was good. Um, uh, spending time with family, uh, from practically Thursday to Monday. I was, so I did, I did not escape my family practically the whole weekend, but it was good get seeing my mom, dad side, my immediate family. It was just good to get back together. I haven't really seen them in since really Thanksgiving. So it was good. Uh, how, so, but it was even better with the Browns winning on Sunday. That's for absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. It's always a, a fun one. My dad uh, came down on Sunday. We we have so many like her parents, my parents, uh, you know, my mom uh, and dad are divorced. So we have like different times that we see everybody. So we usually end up doing my uh, dad and his wife on Sunday uh, or on Christmas Eve. So they came over on Christmas Eve after church. And um, I actually got to watch the game with them for a while. So that was something I ha- I don't normally get to do. And it was, so it was nice for me uh, to do that since he was the one who cursed me with this Browns fandom. Um, <laughs> he reminds me uh, all the time. And I've, I know I've said to you guys uh, that I was born on the day that Bernie Kosar made his first start as a Cleveland Brown, which basically, you know, solidifies that I'm in the right uh, waiting for next year lane here but uh anyway i digress yes it was a great win for cleveland on sunday um win number 10 uh win number three in a row for joe flacco and the browns um puts them firmly in uh that fifth seed in the afc uh they are likely going to have a better record than at least the team they're facing um, and possibly even the third seed as well, I think. Uh, that one I did not check, but I was always something that was... Uh, yeah, right now, Casey is uh, Kansas City is the third seed. They are 9-6. and six. Cleveland is 10-5. and five. Um, What a world we live in. <laughs> I know, right? Um, again... It's weird. Uh, Kadarius Tony missing games is now. Uh, if he had just missed those two games or the, the two game previous, um, they would probably be number one seeds. But uh, yeah, it's just weird how that all unfolds and things like that. But right now, Ke- uh, Cleveland is ten and five. Uh, Kansas City is nine and six. Jacksonville's eight and seven. So they are the fourth seed um, as the AFC South champs. But um, yeah, we are looking at a Cleveland-Jacksonville matchup if the playoffs were to start today. Um, however, Cleveland has not clinched necessarily a playoff spot 
they are in firm possession of that fifth seed, being the only team that has 10 wins amongst the uh, wildcard challengers. Two, so uh, this is obviously where I want to start off. We are looking at the win and or win or and uh, seeing where we're at with the playoffs. If Cleveland wins tomorrow, uh, we're recording this Wednesday night. Uh, so actually, you're probably hearing this Thursday morning. If Cleveland wins tonight on uh, on Thursday night football against the Jets, they are in the playoffs and they are winning uh, the fifth seed. Um, there are other things that they can do to get into the playoffs. They could tie uh, on Thursday night football. Uh, there's a Bills loss, a Jacksonville loss, a Pittsburgh loss. Or if Houston and Indianapolis both lose or tie, uh, Cleveland can secure a playoff spot and that fifth seed. So, uh, Matt, what do you think about the chances here of uh, you are going to tomorrow's game, the last home game? Um, what are your chances of you watching a clinching, a playoff clinching victory um, against the the Jets? I think it's pretty high. I mean, I know in the Discord. Uh, Craig and them were kind of concerned about how good the defense is with the Jets, but I just feel like the Jets, they the way that they are constructed, their offense flat out sucks. No matter how good that defense is, I feel like if the Browns get to 20 points, they can't even muster 10. So I feel like if I had to put a number on it, it's like 85 to 90%. I'm sure they're going to probably clinch on Thursday. But, you know, if it's football, anything. Weird stuff happens all the time. The over under is three uh thirty four point five. Cleveland are Cleveland is uh, seven and a half point favorites. Thirty four is a low over under, but as we've pointed out, this is the Jets have the worst offense I think in the league, um, and they are starting Trevor Simeon at quarterback for, I believe. I believe that's who they're starting. Zach Wilson. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. Oh, sure. I haven't seen that confirmed, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a low overrunner, but you know, for Cleveland, we've seen them come out and score some points. So it's possible that uh, that could get over and that'd be nice for everybody involved. But um, yeah, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a good game. Um, It is definitely going to be a slog. I, ha- I know the weather here in the Youngstown area is has been rainy all day. I don't know. What has it been up in Cleveland? Um, towards my neck of the woods, it's been rainy, foggy, just kind of like similar to what you're dealing with in Youngstown. Okay. What's it like tomorrow? Do you know? Is it going to be uh, – try and check my weather app just to see. I'll see what AccuWeather is going to tell us it's going to be tomorrow. It said it's supposed to be like in the 40s, but normal. So like no, no rain, no right. weird stuff. We're on the lake, so you know some, something might pop up. Oh, yeah. It's, Cle- it's Cleveland, so anything can happen at any point in time. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I'm I with you. I, I do think this is a, a very winnable game for Cleveland, um, a game that the defense needs to continue to produce at um, getting those takeaways, getting those um, – allowing the offense a short field – um, we saw that a lot against Houston where there was, it, um, I was surprised that they only had three sacks against Houston. It felt like they were in the backfield constantly and setting up 
short uh, short field for Cleveland almost every drive. Um, it would be nice to see that continue on Thursday night. Um, however, there are other chances. Cleveland is not necessarily tied to the fifth seed. That seems to be their floor, uh, mm-hmm. which is fine. Uh, there are still chances to win the division, which would give you at least a second seed. Um, and even potentially getting all the way up to the number one seed. Um, for the number one seed, you'd have to win out. So that'd be winning this week against the Jets and then winning week 18 against the Burrowless Bengals uh, and Jake Browning. Um, the help on that. These are the uh, ands, not the ors. Um when it comes to the playoff scenarios, as uh, Andrew Schnitke said in our Discord, uh, the the ors are much more outweighed the ands. But these are these are going to be ands that need to be for the for Cleveland to get number one seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baltimore needs to lose out. That means losing against Miami and Pittsburgh in weeks seventeen and eighteen, and then Miami needs to lose week eighteen in a matchup against Buffalo. That would that's what would allow Cleveland winning out. Baltimore losing out and Miami losing in week 18 would allow for Cleveland to get the number one seed and uh, a very much needed buy. Um, those those this odds, team needs all the rest it can get. <laughs> truly does. There is, they are uh, as damaged as damage can be. Um, I, I, I love who we mentioned it in our discord. Um, a man set himself on fire <laughs> and it was barely registered as a blip in our like in memoriam, you know, like <laughs> will you remember me or the, what is the, uh, uh, I will remember you. Yes. That one. Um, <laughs> what was it? What was the, what's the green day song? The good riddance song. Oh, now I can't remember 20, it. Was it 21 Guns? I forget. No, no, it wasn't 21 Guns. It was the... I, don't, I can't even think of it. It was Green Day. Yeah, that one. Can't, my Wait, wife's what'd you say? What'd you say? By the wrecks you where to go. Oh, okay. The graduation okay. song. Oh, like, where you play okay. that one over the... Uh, you. The, the video clips that are happening over the uh, the Browns. Time the, of my life. Yes, that was time of my life. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> Wizard got it. We got it, everybody. We figured it out. But uh, And that was your musical moment of the pod. Yes. This is, uh, as that is rolling, the heartfelt uh, moment was, you know, Joku setting himself on fire and then playing <laughs> two days later. So, you know, it's the mash unit that is Cleveland could absolutely use a bye week. However, unlikely it is that it's going to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, we could definitely see, um, see it happen here. What do you think the chances of that all uh, taking place? Um, I mean, I wasn't really, Here's the thing. I wasn't really worried about the one C because I didn't know how likely it was. I know that most of the discord was kind of like folk, like rooting for the Niners and then the Niners completely just shit the bed. So and everybody's really turning on Brock Purdy. So I know you were turning on Brock Purdy for sure. I was 
so happy to see Brock Purdy turn into a pumpkin. Uh, MV Purdy was not happening that uh, on on Monday night. Definitely not. As, as, I did. Uh, I did say the one week that we needed him to be that, and it was ended up not being that, which is you know horrible. Yeah, I just um. After that happened, I just felt like, yeah, with the Ravens playing right now, I feel like they're going to just run away with it. Even if a couple things broke their way, I, just, I, I don't even think – I don't know. I just don't think it's likely. I may be putting it at like a 10% chance it happens. Yeah, Miami's playing in Baltimore this week. And then Pittsburgh starting base in Rudolph. That's, you know, at least – some helpfulness there, but it is in Baltimore as well. So they, they it's unlikely that they are going to be uh, losing out on, in, in those games. Um, so it's looking like the fifth seed. Where do you feel? Um, and this is a like, if Cleveland clinches, how do you feel about resting week 18 against Cincy? I mind you, I will knock on whatever amount of wood y'all need me to. I will. This is ply currently. Um, IKEA, I don't think is actually technically wood, um, but uh, you know, I have an IKEA desk that I'm here. Um, but yeah, what do you uh, say? They win against the Jets. What are the chances of them resting in Week 18? I would think it would be. Absolutely necessary if they win on Thursday, uh, because even if you wanted to talk about momentum and stuff, I think momentum at this point is pointless because they they've proven that they can show up like when it matters, no matter the shape of the roster. I just think at this point in time, if they do win on Thursday, they need to take advantage of that long mini buy and then. Just rest the key guys they need to rest on Sunday because at that point, like your record's not going to change that change from if you do lose that next Sunday. So I mean, rest your guys and then focus on the playoffs the the next week. Yeah i i'm I'm never a big proponent of i I get wanting to rest. I'm never a big proponent of like giving away games just because you never know a hundred percent what's going to happen. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think they are, uh, I think there's a definitely a chance that they are, that they will rest in week 18, at least, you know, miles won't play every snap. And uh, you know, the haters out there are saying he never plays in it. He never plays every snap. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I think it'll they'll treat it like a preseason game where they'll give guys reps early in the game and then they'll kind of slowly like peel them back and then just let the third and fourth string guys play the rest of the way. That's kind of how out I see it happening because I just don't think they're going to just outright like not have any starters out there to start out with. But it'll be kind of like a preseason where it's like they'll get some reps, they'll pull them when when they feel it's necessary, and that's kind of. How like they tried out. to do against Houston and then ha- ended up having to bring in the starters because oh, uh, oh, DTR God. got hurt. And uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, this is happening. What is happening, everybody? How yeah, the thing that think- needs to remember, how- the, the backups are the starters currently. 
So they can't, we don't have guys that can just like shuttle back and forth. The guys that are the, the guys that would be playing in a like, hey, let's rest up are the ones that are playing now. So, so you know. um, imagine like worse than practice squad with what right. they're dealing with. <laughs> That's probably what happened was they underestimated how bad that their backups were. So they were like, oh crap, we got to throw them out there to at least put the fire out, no matter how small the fire was. Yeah, it just and it was it was stupid things. There was a kickoff return. There was a uh, an onside kick that got by and and you know bounced off a guy. Um, just some stupid stuff that happened and and those things you know are bound to happen when at, at times. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, I would like for them to get some rest. I'd like for you know some of these little dinks and damages that are happening to some of the guys, you know, I mean, Amari Cooper is now a, a questionable for tomorrow um, with a foot injury uh, or a heel rather. Um, the team lost their kicker and their punter on Sunday. Um, Ironic so that he's dealing with a foot injury. That's just even, that's just great. <laughs> right. So um, yeah, it, it'd be interesting to see what happens with these guys and, and, um, what the what happens? Obviously, you have to play the games and get the win before you're able to see we what is happening in week 18. But we will see. Uh, uh, you'll see firsthand because you will again. You'll be there. So, all right. Since this is a hybrid one, let's look over some of the recap things for uh, the week 17, uh, week 16 win mm-hmm. over the Texans. Uh, I, I have it marked. I, I did my. I made a quick rundown before I had to go pick up pizza from Domino's. Uh, I have Flacco fever. Uh, we're we're seeing a a, a renaissance here. Um, Flacco fever. Flacco fever. <laughs> I just imagine like a seventies like Flacco. That's what I. That's what I could absolutely head. see him having the like the low cut V neck or button up, you know, <laughs> some, you know, little hamburger meat sticking out the top. Yeah. Uh, all right. Flacco has thrown for, uh, 1,307 yards in four games. Uh, he's got three wins as a starter, one loss. That was the first one against the Rams. Uh, he's thrown 10 touchdowns to seven picks. Um, one thing that I noticed, and I mentioned this, and I put this in our Discord because they, I, uh, the uh, Twitter account, throw the damn ball, um, was throw, was posting up a lot of uh, EPA uh, quadrants with um, with regards to uh, quarterbacks inside and out of the pocket, um, and Flacco is getting out of the pocket about I think there's only looking at this look at the graph there are only four quarterbacks that are out of the pocket more than Joe Flacco but he is at the very top of EPA um I know I have said it, we have said it on this podcast, when Flacco came in, I fully expected him to be a statuesque Ben Roethlisberger park and bark and, you know, <laughs> just 
rifle it down the field, Uncle Rico style, which he still does. But they are doing a really good job of getting him out and moving him around. Um, do you think, uh, real quick, do you think Flacco getting being so uh, out of pocket uh, um, is more of a feature of getting him in, getting him where he's comfortable, or is it an issue of? The offensive line has been bereft, and getting him out of the pocket is the best way to get him a clean shirt. I think a little bit of both. What because there have been instances where, like, if they had to do a pure drop back, it's gotten kind of ba- bad. Where like the pocket collapses really quickly, so the they have like used a lot of play action rollouts to get him out where he's at least got 10 feet of space to work and survey. So I feel like it's definitely a little bit of both. And that's just something that he's always done. Like I can remember the days in Baltimore where they did similar stuff where and he was always comfortable turning his back in play action pl- plays and making quick decisions that way. So I feel like it's both playing to the strength of Flacco and also understanding that you're having gave you a, a Christensen and a, and Hudson, who are not the best pass uh, blockers, uh, Hudson especially, like uh, they're been. And Jared, Jared Christian has had a not not awful. Uh, he's gotten a little worse as as time, as play has gone on, but he's played pretty well as being a, a, a called upon left tackle. Um, we all know James Hudson's name by now, which is more of an issue than anything. Um, with offensive linemen, you generally tend to, if you're performing well enough that I don't know your name, uh, that's a good thing uh, for an offensive lineman. Um, yeah, yeah it, I, it almost feels like bullying at, at, at some points because like, uh, there was like a friend group chat that was like talking a bunch of crap about, about Hudson, and I'm just sitting there like, this has always been James Hudson. You like he hasn't changed from what he was like when we drafted him. We knew he was a really good run blocker and that he would struggle in pass protection. It's been his MO since he's been here. And there's a reason why he's always put in running like as an extra run blocker in heavy sets. Like this is just how it's always been. And now you're seeing why they use him in a specific role. That's just kind of what James Hudson has always been. Right. Yeah, and that's and and you're seeing that. So I, I agree with you. I think it is a little bit more of a function of the offensive line um and getting him moving around there. Um but yeah, I I think he's the the his play is obviously the one of the storylines of the season for this team. Uh you know, when when Watson went down and uh Flacco was brought in. It was a like, oh, he'll be cool to be in the quarterback room. Um, <laughs> then it was like, yeah, he could start a game. And <laughs> now it's like our Lord and Savior, Joe Flacco, is here to bring a Brown Super Bowl. His weakness has graced our presence. <laughs> as was as was foretold in the writings. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's it's really interesting to see uh, 
how much that has changed and and what he's able to have done for uh this roster and I love it. I think it's great. Um I don't buy into any of the like does Flacco stay, you know, or is Watson next on the chopping block a la no. Russell Wilson. Um yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I'm with you. 38. Like, yeah. He's enjoying the ride that could potentially be his last. Like he he's not gonna get many opportunities to lead a team to any like potential postseason. So like he's just enjoying his is is shot here. That's all I that's basically been my mindset. That should be everybody's mindset. He's 38. He could retire. He could just go out off. He's almost 39. Yeah, and as a one, um, I apologize if you were hearing squeaking noises or plastic sounds. My dog is back in the room. Um, secondly, as I keep mentioning, Joe Flacco is not much older than me. He's a, a, a little over a year older than me. <laughs> I fell in a hole walking my children the other day about a month ago. And I still have issues of like, my hip is out of place. <laughs> like, so yeah. Joe Flacco is feeling right now after sitting like four months on the couch. <laughs> like, right. Actually, right. He, Joe Flacco getting hit is, is, you know, by a 300 pound lineman is surely worse than me tripping in a hole in my own front yard. And while I'm well aware that he is also doing much more of a physical regimen than I am doing, um, it still can't feel good. He can't, he can't wake up and say like, I want to keep doing this. Uh, so yeah, that's, it's just, it's just silly to think that he's going to be able to keep this up in any kind of a long-term way. And, and Watson's a, a much better bet in on those, uh, I shouldn't say much better. He has a shoulder that could fall apart. But regardless, he's the guy they paid. He's the guy that's going to be there. Just deal with that. All right. Moving on to Amari Amore. We love alliteration here in this household at WFNY, and I keep doing that. Uh, Amari set records for Cleveland Cleveland Browns wide receivers. Um, He is one the only Browns wide receiver in franchise history to record back-to-back thousand yard seasons. Clap on that one. Um, like even Kevin Stefanski was shocked when they brought it up. They're like, really? Nobody's done it. I can't believe that no one has, no one else has done it. Like that was truly a, a like bizarro stat for me that no one has done it. Um, even like the Josh Gordon years, Braylon Edwards, you like, We've had good, like, flash-in-the-pan receiver years, but just to not have a, a second one is kind of just weird. Yeah, but, and, like, um, and this is, like, we've had Ozzie Newsome here who was, like, one of the best receiving tight ends of all time. So, like, right. you would think he hadn't done it once? <laughs> like, I don't, Right. But, yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, again, more records came down for Amari on Sunday. Uh, 11 of, 20, of 15 on targets uh, for 265, two touchdowns. Um, he was just remarkable. There were a couple of, there were the big bomb at the beginning of the game, literally the first play of the game on offense for Cleveland, 53 yards. Uh, Flacco 
Flacco underthrew him a little bit. He had to stop up. If on on that toss had Flacco hit him in stride, that would have been three, and there would have been an extra ten yards on that one on the mm-hmm. uh, on the day for Amari. But um, the big bomb, he was like he had a guy fall on him and drape across him, uh, the seventy five yarder. Basically, whatever he wanted, he could get this uh, on Sunday. And um, the one that stood out to me was the was it the fourth and eight that Flacco evaded uh, getting rushed or getting sacked in the backfield where he literally like came out of the scrum and then threw it to Amari who <laughs> had a foot down when he received the ball and got the left toe tap to get two in. Like there are so few receivers that are able to do what Amari Cooper does. Um, and it's crazy how underrated he is throughout his entire career. Really? Like he has gone up until this point, like even back when he was with Oakland, being treated like he's not a number one wide receiver. But when given the right opportunity, he is a number one wide receiver. And it it boggles my mind we're figuring this out when he's in his early thirties. Like, and he was traded here for a fifth round pick. That right because the Cowboys were like, we have too many guys. Here you go. Right. Yeah. Thinking of think of the trades that have that uh, they have accomplished uh, recently, the fifth round for Amari and the seventh round for Dustin Hopkins. Uh, Those are some great uh, moves by the front office to bring in, you know, some guys, but yeah, it's just, it it was a, it was a spectacle to see Flacco just flinging it around and Amari basically as, as he said, I'm unguardable. Like to hear a guy and, and he said it in such a way I like, I saw the, the written quote before I heard the audio of it and the, like the written words of it sounded so out of character for Amari. But uh, once you go back and listen to it, which I always encourage you guys to do, this is something that Andrew uh, Shiki has told us and given us an idea on on doing, and I do it now. And I encourage everyone always make sure you look for context on things. Um, we live in this world where Twitter reporters get every line from every press conference and put them on Twitter immediately. Uh, and written words can sometimes seem a little different than what they're actually like toned and uh, insinuated with. Uh, so it's always better to go back and, and listen rather than just read. And the Mari saying that he's unguardable. Uh, it was he, as he followed up with, "Yeah, I had a lot of opportunities out there today, and I can I look forward to continue having them or something along those lines." Um, it was a very it was it was a splash of color uh, from a guy who is so buttoned up. It was just, it was really nice to see a little bit of that coming out for him. Uh, what are you, what are your, what are your thoughts on Amari for, from Sunday and, and more on what, uh, what he brings for this Browns game team? Man, when I was watching that game, uh, I, I, I had not seen a wide receiver be that unstoppable since Josh Gordon. And like, obviously, Josh Gordon was a physical freak. He could, jump people 
out jump people. He could outrun people. This was just a guy that has always been known as a technician, just being able to out out run, route run any corner that's against him. You you could throw him against anybody. He'll figure out a way to get open. And this was just like pretty much a technician in the middle of his craft at the peak of his powers, just doing his thing. And of course he got aided by the fact that they had no kicker. So they had to go for it on fourth downs a lot, but still they went to him a lot. He answered the bell and he broke a record, which I thought would never be possible because in this was something that happened like when I was in high school back in 2013, I was maybe a sophomore. So I never thought in my wildest dreams that Sorry, I would <laughs> hurt the soul there a little bit. My hip got a tinge. Um, but but yeah, I just never thought I would see anybody break that record because I thought there would never be a Browns receiver that could ever reach it. And I right. And Sunday you Amari said, did it. Yeah, you said it best, and I think we. I think what happens with Amari is he gets underrated because he is that technician. He is that route runner. Um, we see, I, I saw a lot of the, um, like George Pickens had a big game on Saturday. Uh, he, the numbers are akin to like a Randy Moss game, but Moss was like that. Moss had those Pickens kind of games and things like that where it's just these like three catches, 165 and three tutters or something like that, you know, like, but Amari's. He's putting in the work and catching 11 of 15 targets for 265. Like, he's working the middle of the field. He's working the outs. He's working the seams up the, you know. Basically, he is the Swiss Army knife for this team that that needs it, that has such a, uh, has had such a lack of playmakers on the offensive side of the ball, especially with Nick Chubb being out. Um, and Elijah Moore fizzling as much as we didn't want him to fizzle. Um, it's really great to see just uh, him be that technician. Yeah, you you really hit it on the head there. So, yeah, it just he's never been the sexiest wide receiver, but what he does is just so valuable to any wide receiver core. Like he'll just do the simplest stuff, but yet he's so good at the simple stuff that he's a lead at it. Like that's just what he is. Amari, Amari Cooper, the wide receiver you bring home to your mom. <laughs> he, he is the perfect boyfriend. That right. is Amari Cooper. Right. That's that, I'm gonna I'm just gonna write that one down there for a second and uh, <laughs> make sure I tweet that later. All right. So let's go to our uh, let's look at a preview for our game tomorrow. As I mentioned. The Jets are coming in uh, with the worst offense in the league. Trevor Sibian getting the start. Uh, Zach Wilson is out with a concussion. Um, Possibly hunting for Cougars. We don't know. Who knows? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, my wife is right next to me, so I'm not going to say <laughs> what I normally say uh, as uh, Zach Wilson. Um, he's, a, he's a hunter out there. But... Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Lost my, lost my yeah. train of thought there. <laughs> so, sorry. No, you're good. No, you're totally fine. I'm great. It's great. I love it. Uh, it's not great. It's not often that you catch me flustered. 
Anyway, um, Zach Wilson, I was going to say, we're not sure if he's actually concussed or not. I've seen a bunch of people that like a bunch of tweets saying that they he's not actually as hurt as like fans think that this is all a ploy to like keep him on the bench. Um, which, but then I, again, I this, he plays like he's concussed, so we don't know that either. Right. I said this today. They really should have just traded him away when when they got Rodgers. They he needed a clean. Wilson needed a clean slate. Get him out of there because you're you are admitting that you made a mistake. I understand that it's hard for guys to say that, but you are saying that by acquiring Aaron Rodgers. So why not just full send? Get him off your roster and not have to deal with it. Bring in an actual legitimate backup, not Tim Boyle, who's Rogers' caddy, and you know, do it right. It's obvious that you know they tried to play us all and say that this was going to work, and you know they have a they have a Super Bowl defense because a lot of these things they have a really really good defense. A lot of the sets they are they are at are very, very close to where Cleveland is. And we are, we have been saying Cleveland has a Super Bowl defense. And if they had just a like competent quarterback play, they would be a playoff team. If not more, the jets would absolutely be in this Cleveland space. If they had taken better care of their quarterback spot position, um, like Cleveland did. But uh, yeah, Jets are 15th in turnovers and takeaways with 22. Um, For reference, Cleveland is third and they have 25. So there's not a lot of wiggle room between the the rankings there. So to say they're, you know, oh, they're 15th. Well, Cleveland has 25 and so there's only three three more. Um, They are third best in yards allowed. Cleveland is first. And... uh, they are 14th in points allowed with 315. Cleveland is 12th with 311. Um, what do they do good on defense that keeps uh, other teams off balance so much? Um, from what I've seen, they've they they do have the corners. They always have us. They do have a sturdy like pass defense with like Sauce Gardner and a couple other house. South, <laughs> but yeah, they, they, they have a pretty sturdy, de- like pass defense. Obviously they have some pretty good pass ru- rushers and just, they, they're a team that's kind of built similar to Cleveland where they, they're built in and out and like they try to get, get pressure and then cause mistakes that way. And it's just kind of the, like a mirror image of what Cleveland's doing, except Cleveland's doing it on a slightly higher level, which is insane to think about. But yeah, that's just kind of the the summation of the Jets' defense. Yeah, um, it is. It's interesting to see. I think this will be a game that you can see. Uh, you definitely see some defensive points scored, whether it be a, a a pick six or you know a lot of a lot of short fields on both sides of the ball. I believe on on this week um, because Flacco has had. He's not been. He's not been reckless with the ball. There was one game where he had the three picks, but he he's been around. He, he's been reckless adjacent. Um, yeah, with the he, ball he, is probably he, the he's best. Definitely way to been play a, it. You you could at least say careless, N- not reckless, sure. but careless. 
Yes. So, um, while I don't know that he'll necessarily throw a pick six, I could definitely see a spot where, you know, New York gets a, a easy touchdown on a Brees Hall run or a Garrett Wilson bomb, uh, because they have, you know, 20, 20 yards to go. Um, History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. As we mentioned, Zach Wilson is out. I have not seen the other lists of outs for the Jets. Um, I don't know if there's anybody of of mentioning... um, but for Cleveland, already designated out Anthony Walker, um, Agbo Okoronkwo. Um, and uh, a, a quick note, they there was a report this week that they are possibly looking at getting him back for the Cincy game, uh, which would be a big plus to this team's uh, defensive line rotation. Um, Dustin Hopkins is out already. Uh, they signed, is it Riley Patterson? Yeah, Detroit? Riley Patterson, and then they also signed a punter, uh, Mark, I think was his Mark last Hack. Hake. Matt, Mark, Matt, yeah, Matt something. I, I forget. Matt's your name. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, I know it's Hake, H-A-A-C-K. Um, I do not know if it is Matt or Mark. I have lost that one. But uh, his first name is Matt, so I was right about hey, Matt Again, Hack, 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 uh, Hake, whatever. You're here because Corey Borges uh, is doubtful for the game, uh, so it's it doesn't look like that he is going to be there. As I mentioned, Amari is questionable. Uh, wide receiver Marquise Goodwin is questionable for the game. Um, I did not see an injury designation for him as to what it was. I know he was dealing with you know a lot of health issues this this year um i expect both wide receivers to play um and safety one thornhill who has missed i think the last two games is questionable as well at least the last two games um and yeah they have not missed much from him uh, that does not mean that he you know you don't want him out there but the rookies uh ronnie hickman and uh anthony bell's not a hook not a rookie but um, he they he, he has been playing great, uh, and actually was the backup kicker on the kickoff on Sunday. Um, he kicked the kickoff and then made the tackle, uh, like downfield, 
wasn't like a like guy is running past me and I tripped him. Um, but yeah, it would be good to get Juan Thornhill out uh, out there in the backfield just to add a little bit level of um, veteranness in the secondary. Um, but those are Cleveland's injuries. Um, we'll get into picks here in a second. Uh, out of the ones that are questionable, uh, Cooper, Goodwin, Thornhill, which one of those do you think would mean the most uh, to be there and to miss? Like, which one would you want to... Would you want Cooper to be there the most, or would you want Thornhill to be out there the most? Um, I would say Cooper the most, and... I mean, Goodwin the least. He hasn't really been uh, yeah. a factor throughout the year outside of one play in the Bears game. So, like, I would say he's the least I care about, I would say. Hate to say it. Sorry, Goodwin. Yeah. If you ever no, absolutely. This. Yeah, he had, the, he had that big bomb, um, which was nice. But uh, a play a game out of a guy is kind of, you know, not as helpful as you might think. So, um, yeah, it'll be, I, I, like I said, I, I expect both wide receivers to play and, and even if Thornhill doesn't, it's not uh, a, a big ish deal. Um, yeah, Ronnie misses. Hickman and DeAnthony Bell have been playing well enough. So like, it, it's not a worry on my mind, in my mind. Right. So, all right, let's get into picks. Uh, we'll go down our game picks that Taylor has already selected for us. And then we will go over our Browns prop bets. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a recap, I don't know if you uh, Matt, did you see the did you see the leaderboard? Oh, did I see the leaderboard? Uh, did it you, slipped did my you mind. ever see the leaderboard? And who's it, back on top of the leaderboard? Yeah, it slipped my mind. Uh, I, do we have to remind the the people? Oh, it's, it's 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 this guy that's leading with three points now. Oh, great! Watch this head just blow up five like. Blow the up Rich's heart me yeah. right now. I get it. I got you. It's holiday season. Anyway, yeah, I took a three point lead over Taylor last week. I I hit on almost all the Browns props. Um, I was the only one to pick the Dolphins to beat the Cowboys. Uh, we, me and Taylor, picked the Jets. You picked the Redskins, but you got the cover. Uh, and we all won the Browns one. We all lost the Niners because, again, Purdy. Um, damn it, Purdy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it happens. So that's just a recap. I didn't want to go over all of it. Mm. Uh, all right, going into week seventeen, uh, Taylor has picked Carolina is going to Jacksonville, who is a six point six and a half point favorite. Um, Trevor Lawrence has an AC shoulder sprain, I believe. I don't know if he's going to play this week. Um. But they are still a six and a half point favorite. Uh, we are saying, obviously, we're recording this on a Wednesday. That line could change. Um, Matt, are you taking uh, Carolina, who got a win over Atlanta last week, or the CJ Bethart Jaguars? Possible Jaguars. They're possible CJ Bethart. They're always the Jaguars, but CJ Bethart is possibly the starter. I would probably still take the uh, Jaguars regardless because like the Panthers are just that helpless. I poke uh, Jed about it every week. It seems like about how bad the Panthers are. And unless the Panth- uh, 
the Jaguars just trip over themselves, I just don't think they're going to lose this one. So I say Jaguars. Yeah, if they're Bethard's like a good enough backup. He's like one of those guys that can just do enough. And uh, yeah, it's going to be the Jaguars for me, despite the fact that the Panthers did secure a win. I think that's more of a Atlanta issue than a. They only they scored nine points on field goals and they won. They won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's more of Atlanta losing the game than than yeah, Carolina that... winning it. So, um, I think this week we don't actually have a. Uh, you got to call the number game. I think because unless this is the one that Taylor picked, uh, New Orleans is traveling to Tampa Bay. Uh, this game is actually like a fairly interesting one, uh, in that it's basically for the NFC South, um, which is sad to think. It is. It is really sad that this is the game that we're at for the NFC South. Uh, Tampa Bay are uh, three point home favorites. Um, you know, give me, give me Bakey Mayfield here, and. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay as well. They they seem to be riding the hot hand right now. Yeah, they're he's he's peaking right now. He's feeling himself. The 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 chip on his shoulders gotten to be you know a bag at this point. Mm-hmm. So let's let's give him a. I, I can see him securing a win and and getting that uh, getting that division basically locked up. That they. They have to welcome the Cowboys, I believe, in the NFC. That's the uh, oh, the matchup God. they're looking at. So, <laughs> good luck, yeah. good luck, Big Bucks. <laughs> good luck, Big. Um, in a game that matters for Cleveland, uh, <clears throat> Miami is heading to Baltimore. Uh, the Ravens are three and a half point favorites over the Finns. Um, Again, this is a game that has big potential for Cleveland if they want to advance past the fifth seed. Fifth seed, um, I believe this is a game that Baltimore has to lose for them to uh, to move up. So, do you think Baltimore uh, is able to secure the bag and basically a number one seed um, and win this game, or are Miami coming in a little hot? Uh, after the Cowboys game, and uh, and stealing one away from the Ravens, um, I just think with the way the Ravens are playing right now, they're probably one of the best or one of the best teams in the NFL. So I, I think right now I'm just gonna ride with the with the Ravens. Yeah. Um. Uh, I want it to not be Baltimore. I don't feel good enough about it to say otherwise. Um, I, I listened, I, one of the few that still listened to the, uh, Bill Simmons and, uh, Cousin Sal Monday games. And they keep bringing up how, um, San Fran is on like some sort of crazy DO, uh, DVOA, um, bender right now where they are, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the best DVOA team ever. Um, but they always seem to mention Baltimore is actually like 11th ever. This Baltimore team in 2023. So yeah, they are doing things that are 
just as unworldly as San Fran. And uh, and they beat them last week, so that's it. Yeah, just the way that they're playing. Like, Lamar at the peak of his powers right now, and, like, with Baltimore, they're very complimentary when Lamar's on and healthy. So, I mean, yeah, like, I, with the rate, way they're playing, I wouldn't bet against them right now. And, uh, and I'm not going to. That's why I'm digging the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit versus Dallas. I think this game, this is possibly one of the ones that Detroit may not have anything to be playing for. They, for the first time in 30 years, they secured the bag and got their division, um, which is great for them. But this is a Saturday game. Um, Detroit is heading to Dallas. Dallas are six point favorites. Um, and I want to look and make sure that Detroit can't actually do anything more. <clears throat> yeah, they have won their division, and they are they are they could potentially get to the uh, better uh, better than the first seed or second seed. Uh, they're locked into three basically right now. Philly has a tie break over the point uh, over Detroit based on strength of schedule, and uh, San Fran has the tiebreaker over uh, Philly and Detroit based on best win percentage in conference games. So mm-hmm. this will go a little bit further to help Detroit in that method, but I really feel like they are locked into three, um, which right now is the Rams. Um, they'd be facing the Rams in the playoffs. Um, just giving you backup here, uh, you know, as to full context of where you want to pick your your game here. It may be a game where Detroit is saying, like, "Hey, we can't move. We can't really move up, and we definitely can't move down. So let's maybe rest some guys." Um, and that being said, that, I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Um, they are where Cleveland is, where they are locked into five. They have a playoff berth, and they cannot move lower, and they can't move up. So it's possible that Dallas also says, screw it and rest some guys, but I at home, I'm taking the Cowboys. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you can't stop me. Yeah, uh, uh, for all those points you said, I'm definitely going to go with the Cowboys too, because, yeah, I just feel confident about the Cowboys at home. <clears throat> yep. Uh, I would like to see a Detroit win here. That'd be nice because one of my uh, greatest running gifts, or uh, not gifts as really, but running gags is the uh, the starting quarterbacks that beat the Cowboys coming in and saying, like, we're just checking to see you guys still them boys. Uh, I always I always do that like put that in the Discord all the time. That's one of my favorite memes. It, it, oh yeah, NFL memes. <laughs> Just checking. Uh, yep, y'all still the boys? boys. Y'all still the boys? boys. Cool, 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 cool. All right. Uh, last game we have obviously is the Jets at Cleveland. Uh, let's go to our prop bets so we can talk about the game a little bit more before we pick it. Um, Flacco pass yards over under two seventy eight. Point five. I think he has overdone that in every game. I mentioned to Taylor today uh, when he posted this. 
the increase in Flacco uh, prop bets. <clears throat> week 15, Flacco prop bet 252. Week 16, Flacco prop bet 274. Flacco prop bet 278. We are seeing, you know, just wild levels of inflation here for Flacco. Um, do you think he gets over or under 278 against this vaunted Jets defense? Man, uh, <laughs> I, I I think he'll get an over, but it'll be a slight over just because I don't know if he can do a uh, pass o- for over 300 yards again, but it's definitely possible with the way they've been leaning on him and the run the run offense has just been flatlined for like three, four weeks. So I, I say they keep leaning on him. That So the over is going to probably hit. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he could, you know, a, a, a 285 game or something like that gets him the over. But, you know, he's not hitting the 300 like he has been. Um, the run game just, I, they seem to get no traction, but they are still, they use it enough that play action still is a uh, a workable thing for them, and it is it's really great. So um, yeah, that is the trick that they're playing is they're they're doing it just enough to where it's like you have to respect it. That is the one trick that they're they're using, which is it's been helpful. Right. Um, okay, uh, I picked over just so, or in case I didn't say it or did say it, and then just reiterating it. Uh, next one we have Browns rush yards over under seventy nine point five. I think these have a direct correlation to uh, Cleveland. Um, the, the Flacco yards have been going up. The Browns rush yards have actually been going down. I believe. Um, do you think they're over or under seventy nine and a half yards? Ah oh, man. Uh... I'm probably going to have to say under because what else have I expected the last three, four weeks? Um, Under, just under. You know what? I'm going to take a stab. I'm going to say it's going to be over. Um, (coughs) I I do think they are going to try and uh, get get something working here. Uh, They've been doing a little bit more with Jerome Ford. They've had some good... um, some good looks, some some twisty play calls where they've been having you know Hunt line up in the backfield as a wildcat, Ford lined up Ford lined up as a wildcat uh, quarterback. Um, yeah, they've uh, had they've had effective plays, but they haven't been able to string it together. Whether that's because of the the tackles not being able to set the edge properly, or just like the running backs not being. Quite at the caliber you would need to be able to sh- string together a consistent run game, yeah. but that's just kind of been how it's been. Where they can they can figure out one play that works, but if you ask them to do it maybe ten more times, it's not quite gonna work. Right? Yeah, I think they. I think this is a week where they want to try to focus it and they want to try to get over. Um, I did like the wrinkles that they used, where they had four. They scored a touchdown on it. Or they had Flacco lined up as a wide receiver on the um, on the right side. Uh, Ford received the 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 shotgun snap 
uh, and ran to the right, faked a, a around for Flacco, and then ended up uh, diving for a pylon. So um, it was a nice play design. I was excited about it, and uh, it looked nice. All yeah, right, Jets, like the play for sure. Jets total yards over under two seventy five and a half. Hmm. Uh, repeat it one more time. Jets over under uh, total yards two seventy five and a half. Man, uh, I want it's a I good number. Be, it's a real I, good number. <laughs> I want to say under, but it's like, how can they not get that many yards? So, can I just push it? It's half. It's a half yard, so that's why we. That's why we're saying he put that half yard in there for uh, for you to keep away from pushing it. Oh, uh, sir! I know. I'm trying to break the. Don't try to break the. We're doing this for seventeen weeks, sixteen weeks. Don't try to break stuff now. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll just sit under. Under all right, because the Browns' defense has been able to hold teams. Under for pretty much uh, if they played team straight up, but because of like fluky stuff like short fields, like the numbers get like are weird. So like I can definitely see them holding them under. <laughs> uh, quick math on the uh, Pro Football uh, Reference: they have been under nine games out of these uh, fifteen they've played. So I will also take the under here. Um, yeah, it's a it's a number you don't think is possible, but like, it's Cleveland just, keeps doing it, man. Yeah, Cleveland keep doing keeps it. doing it. Again, Trevor Simeon is the starting quarterback for Cleveland. Just just throwing that out there. Yeah, what what did so. they do to the Texans? I'm trying to look. They did score really well against the 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 Commanders. They had 381 yards in total offense last week. But I mean, that's, that was against that's the commanders. True, their defense is awful. Like if the Jets' offense is awful, that their defense is just as awful. So it kind of like propped them up to where they made them look good for once, right? It so we, like the we Texans were held at two. The Texans were held at two hundred and fifty yards. <laughs> so the, the Browns can definitely do it. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Um. I have to do a check and see how often they've done it. Um, all right, we'll keep going. Total touchdown scored on the game uh, over under four and a half. Um, we said the over under was 34 and a half. I'm going to go under here. Uh, I think this is a game where you, uh, you almost certainly are going to have some defensive points scored. And I can definitely see a situation where it's like two touchdowns total and a couple of field goals. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think I I'll go under as well. It just feels like the type of game that will definitely be low scoring. And if the Browns at home with their defense, they've smothered teams. So I can I'll definitely say under as well. Sorry, take a drink. Um, all right, you're saying under on oh, touchdowns. Okay, we got two more. Uh, more 
will there be more field goals attempted or more fourth downs attempted in this game? Taylor's getting real loopy here with us late in the, late in the season. Uh, I think more field goals. More field goals. Just what the world needs, more field goals. Um, I'm going to say more fourth downs attempted just because there's more of an avenue for it to happen. You know, like you can, you can go for it on fourth down from your 50 and then go for it again in the opponent's 40 and then go mm-hmm. for it again in the opponent's 30. Whereas you're not kicking a field goal until you get to that point. So. Okay. Yeah. Now you just talked me out of it. I'm nope, going to say more field goals. We're good. Oh. We're good. Did it. We're now nah, you can switch on here. Four downs. Split and forced for Matt. That's fine. All right. Last one before we pick the game. Total punts over under 16 and a half. It's a big number. It's a, mm. it's a big silly number here. Um, I'm what going to say think? I'm gonna say under. Um I don't uh I think in, in in going along with the other one, um, I think that Cleveland, I don't know that necessarily Stefanski enjoyed having to go for it as often as he did, but I do think that there's a situation that he wants to keep the the ball rolling here, and, and it's a way to be creative on offense without, uh, basically without a net, and, and that's a little, that's nice to see, and, and from Stefanski and little games and chippy. Um, so. Yeah, I, I think um, I'm going to go under as well. I think as long as the kicker does not force him to do, have to do more, you know, he'll probably just go like stay normal in, in terms of the game plan. Right. Um, all right. Yeah. Riley Patterson. I don't know you. I don't know who you are. You're not. You're not Dustin Hopkins. Get out of here. Yeah, right. you don't have to be. You just have to make your make your extra points. <laughs> That's all you need to do. Right. Matt Hack. We didn't even know your name was Matt. So why are you getting out of here punting? For all we know, it could have been me that that was going. For on. all we know, your name could have been Mike. <laughs> we thought it was. Um. Anyway, we thought you were Mark for whatever reason. But yeah, right. Regardless. All right. Last pick, then we're getting out of here because we're getting loopy, and I need to go <laughs> gargle some salt, well, salt water. Um, the Jets at Cleveland. Cleveland, uh, as Taylor wrote this, was seven and a half favorites. Uh, ESPN bet has seven and a half. We're gonna do seven. Uh, I'm going Browns. They're taking care of business. Taking care of business. I don't know that they cover seven points. I think they can. I think they do, but um. I think they want that, you know, half by kind of a week here. And, you know, they get to they play today. They get some rest uh, for week 18 and then they get to uh, play in Cincy, let them win their Super Bowl. And uh, we move on from there. Yeah, I'm going to go Browns as well. This just feels like. All like all the right ingredients for a celebration to happen with all 
with the stands full, unlike in 2020 where it was still a great moment, but it felt kind of like just not quite there. This will feel like exactly what it would have felt like if the circumstances were normal on on Thursday. So I'll say Browns. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty safe bet. I think they I think they want to get this and and clinch this. I saw something that Cleveland's like eight and two on uh, on Thursday night. So that's a it's a nice number. Yeah, Kevin's has had a good record in prime time. Like, so I feel like yeah, they usually get up for these type of games, right? And they're getting all whites. Uh, if you're listening to this and you have a uh, dude wipes is doing a really cool uh, jersey. Not a buyback, but a, a jersey swap. Um, they said if you have a quarterback jersey of any quarterback from uh, 1999 to two, uh, 2021, uh, bring it to the game tomorrow. They will exchange it for a white jersey uh, so you can wear it tomorrow at the game. White out. That's uh, it, It's just going to be a really nice game. I don't like the white helmets. I never... I know other people do. I was not a fan. I like just the, you know. Yeah, I, I've the never orange been... Are, the orange are, my, are, are, are what I prefer. I don't like it as a logo, but I prefer the keeping the orange logo, orange helmet, rather. Um, but yeah, a whiteout tomorrow in that stadium is going to be nuts, Having being able, with a chance to clinch the game. Yeah, I'm with you on the helmet. I just never liked the introverted look of the helmet, like... W- when it was like a fan thing. And now that it's an actual helmet, it's just like, it just doesn't look right. It right. feels like we're doing something wrong here. I get right. it. Obviously they want to bring it back to the early, like the original, original look of the, like the team, but even the original helmet that had no stripe, it was just a plain white helmet, but I get trying to outfit it to make it look modern, but regardless, not the biggest fan, but it, it is what it is. Exactly. If we were able to, you know, argue about uh, things such as uh, uniforms and make a difference, and we probably would have by now, but we can't, so it happens. All right, that's it for us. Uh, thank God Taylor's back next week. Um, so I can hey, I enjoyed our much. time here, Gerbs. I'm happy with it. I just, you know. I get imposter syndrome after a while, and that's what happens. So I think that I'm awful, and I've been talking for an hour and a half now, it feels like. But hour all right. Ended. For Matt, for myself, for Taylor, who's in Disney World, not land, uh, I say go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. 